This is the Pastor and the Guy Next Door, Podcast 49. Good evening. I'm your host, Pastor Simon Chapel, and the other handsome fellow is my next-door neighbor, Bill Wall. Join us as we hang out on Bill's deck. This week, we have High School Counselor Memories with Nick Burrows. We are live. Bill, do you want to reintroduce us again? Yes, here we are sitting in uh, suburban Dodgeville, Wisconsin with retired Craig Schulte. We don't know what he retired from. Sociology of some type, life. human resources, what, what life. What does he do? <laughs> and Nick what Burrows, do do? he, as of yesterday, retired from guidance counselor of Edgewood High School of the Sacred Heart, Madison, Wisconsin. Nick. Retired high school counselor, your life must have been full of color. What was homecoming like at Edgewood? Tell us stories. Homecoming. <laughs> Tell me a story. At Edgewood High School was always enormous pep rally, guest speaker, usually the sheriff of Dane County, <laughs> talking about... Um, you know, uh, were they invited ahead of time, or they turned up when it didn't yeah, go well? Well, both actually. <laughs> uh, kids, be safe. Make sure if you go to the dance, you know, be safe. All of those good messages. Good decisions. Right, good decisions. There you go. And then uh, powder puff football, where the girls would play flag football, and the boys on the football team would be their coaches with fake headsets and screaming at the officials. I was the lead official during that pom-pom week, early morning games, and then late afternoon games. But it was fun, it was spirited, um, banners throughout the school, but it was very spirited. We usually lost the football game, oftentimes by many points. I was gonna ask, did Edgewood, over the years, I mean, good teams, mediocre In the teams. last, Four years, not so good. Not so good. Uh, and they got one victory this year couldn't at the you, end. Couldn't you, you, you know a guy that coaches at Catholic high schools. Couldn't you got him in there and I, shake I, things up? I could Did try to try? get him up from yeah. Florida, but yeah. I don't know. If he wouldn't take the Rutgers job, he probably wouldn't take <laughs> Probably not coming to Mantown, right? Right. Son of a gun. But at least if he died, he knew you. He knew you'd take care of him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what am I going to do? Um... But that homecoming was very spirited always, so that was good. Now, you had one student by the name of Chris Farley. I did, Bill, and thanks for asking about that. <laughs> I started in the fall of 81. Chris Farley was a 1982 graduate of Edgewood. He was a fun-loving character. Was he kind of like Spanky from Loris? That's kind of a pretty good comparison. We owe. Um, 
he was very respectful to the priest and the nuns that were there at the time. He was very religious, always be in the chapel at a mass. Um, zany humor, as depicted much after his high school days. But in a, I was assigned to him to help a, a Dominican sister named Sister Marjorie because she was older and she just said to me, Burroughs, you got to help me with this Farley. <laughs> okay, sister. Of course, oh. I didn't know him and I got to know the family very well. What type of background did Chris come from? Uh, Chris came from a very wealthy family in Maple Bluff, Wisconsin, Maple Bluff neighborhood. Yes. Which is the highfalutin area of Madison. His dad owned Scotch Oil Company, and his mom was a housewife. He was the middle brother of three, and he had an older sister and a developmentally disabled younger sister, but good family. He, he was kind of like Dennis the Menace on the bus as an elementary kid, as the bus driver would describe him. Um, you know, he always had that cowlick on his hair. Yes. Just a character. But in high school, every time I'd walk down in the cafeteria, I would hear this roar of laughter. And I just knew I'd turn around. Sure enough, Farley. there's Farley telling a story. <laughs> but it was never uh, vicious. It was never mean-spirited. He was just funny as heck. And when he got in trouble, I would call him in and sit him down. He'd say, yeah, Mr. B, what do you need? I said, Chris, come on, man. You got to chill out in sister's class. You cannot be doing that. I, I'm just being me. And he was all about that. And I would oftentimes chuckle with him. But I'll, I'll tell you one time, I was on a retreat as we were on our retreat today. And we were out with uh, Palatine Priest way out by Elkhorn, Wisconsin, out in the middle of the woods. They had cabins out there. It was a retreat place in the woods. It was Chris Farley's senior year, and he was on this retreat, and I was in charge of his small group, assigned to his small group. Okay, and he says, the priest at the time at Edgewood said, Nick, you make sure Farley stays in line. <laughs> and I knew that was coming. <laughs> the challenge has been right. set. So we had this activity where you had to say some good things, uh, positive things about your characteristics. And then you had to say one thing before you get to college what you're going to work on, kind of like your own nemesis, your own personal nemesis. So I went around to the group, purposely skipped over Chris, so he would go last, <laughs> and everybody said their thing, and that was kind of a neat activity. So I says, okay, Chris, 
now it's your turn. And of course the whole group are already <laughs> chuckling like what's coming. And I was too, honestly. And he said, Mr. Burroughs, I've been told my whole life, I'm a very, 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 and he keeps going on this very, and he gets louder and louder, and he goes, oh, oh, good boy, and they're cracking up. Not that funny, but just his antics and his right. facial expression, I'm too <clears throat> laughing very hard. I said, okay, that's good that you're a very good boy. And did you have anything that you might want to work on before college? Some personal sharing. He goes, well, I'm kind of embarrassed about this. But sometimes, Mr. B, I'm coming clean. I think I'm a frog. <laughs> I said, a frog, Chris? Yes, a frog. Sometimes it's uncontrollable. <laughs> Rivet. 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 He stands up on his chair. Rivet. And he's as big as a barn. He stands up on that table. And he says the F word. Rivet. By this time, the whole group is falling off their chairs, including me, the chairperson of this small group. The person <laughs> to keep him in line. Right. right. And probably right. off the table. And I'm getting glared at by Father, because yeah. he's going, you know, what's going on over there? He sees control. everybody laughing, yeah. and me too, but it was really funny. And that's all he said, was rivet. We finally got the group together and he says, well, yeah, I hope that that's something you can keep under control <laughs> when you go to Marquette, because he was accepted at Marquette. Your alma mater. And, uh, Peter, oh, right? thank you, Mr. Burroughs. Thank you, Mr. Burroughs. So he ends up graduating. He played football at Edgewood. Interesting, never in theater, never in musicals. Even though his career led that yeah. path. Uh, but, you know, he was kind of an average kind of kid. Not a great football player. He would do things like it'd be pouring rain at the Friday night game, and he would get in toward the end of the game. But on the sidelines where it was really muddy, he would purposely run, dive, and slide of course. in the mud like to make it look like he's been in the game playing a <laughs> tough game and I'm an assistant coach there I'm just dying laughing at this and of course he would look up in the crowd to see his homecoming date make sure she saw this and stuff like just stuff like that zany humor but um, goes to Marquette and you know, he's a spiritual guy. He'd oftentimes go to Mass every day and pray. Um, but in the dorm, you can imagine, he was so funny in the dorms doing crazy stuff um, that his buddies at Marquette would say, Farley, you ought to be a comedian, a stand-up comedian. You are so funny. And he would say, you really think so? Kind of stuff, right? Right. 
And one guy at Marquette told me that when we did the book, we wrote a book, a bunch of us. Yeah, that's I bought because of you. You're quoted in the book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he said well, that. Before we go any further, what is the name of the book? I think it's Chris Farley in three acts. Or, or Life and Times of Chris Farley, something like that. In case any of our right. listeners want exactly. to pursue this book. But I, I was part of a couple of them. I was interviewed by a guy from Massachusetts who wrote the book. And I was with his brothers at the time of my interview. Did you get a copy from Chris? Did you have him sign a copy for you? No, because he was deceased. Oh. So this was after. Okay. But anyway. Um, okay. And not to interrupt. So, no, he's at Marquette. What it's was called it? The Chris Farley Show, A Biography in Three Acts by Tom Farley. Yes. Is this guy related? Tom, Farley, Tom Farley is his older brother. Gotcha. Oldest okay. brother. Okay. I know Tom well. But um, so he was encouraged to be in these comedy club shows. Downtown Milwaukee, you know, small comedy clubs and be a stand-up comic. And this guy from Marquette said, it would be Monday morning, we'd be walking to class after a weekend of having a good time. <laughs> and Farley would all of a sudden go, ah, start running and jump into a, a snowbank head first and then kick his legs wildly from the snowbank because the way this guy described it, he had such a need to make people laugh that he would just do random stuff like that. And that kind of stuff never surprised me because he was kind of always like that. Didn't he go to the theater out when he hit Marquette? I mean, didn't yes. he major? He did some of that, but he uh, would do this comedy club. Became so successful at the comedy club in Milwaukee that Second City yes, out of in Chicago. Chicago came up. They viewed him as the next talent right. for a bigger market. So he did that after his Marquette days and then very successful there. And then New York, Saturday Night Live, yep. the next bigger market recruits him. He goes up there and he does Down by the River, some of that God. stuff, which is really funny. And his mother was on Saturday Night Live. She is funny as heck. That's why they get their humor. He was, you know, 50% truly funny, but fully a half of it came from his physicality. I mean, oh, his yeah. physical. Right. Like when he did right. the counselor down by the river, yeah. and he'd fall face first on the coffee table, and it would bust Exploded. Up. And you could see David Spade sitting there just trying not to laugh. Exactly. Now, and did he call you and ask you about counseling? Did you give him any hints on what to do? Well, no, he didn't do that. <laughs> but, um, so, what happened to Chris Farley was this. Too much success, too fast. Too fast. Yes. He moved up the scale so fast, and then you get in New York, and you got all this free time when you're not People filming. Unable, yeah. And you got drinking, drugs, women, all of the Fast things cars, that can lead you down that path. Sex, drugs, violence, and that's and what happened. But a, a couple of other funny things at Edgewood happened. Uh, this one I loved the best, and where I got involved with Chris Farley and his parents. 
and the dean of discipline. Uh, <laughs> now, does that surprise any of, of us? Right. <laughs> Chris was a sophomore, and the geometry professor at Edgewood was named Colonel McGivern. He was a retired Air Force guy who taught math. So he taught at Edgewood, and they, in those days they had a full lecture house given the lecture on whatever geometry concept they're going to cover. Right angles, obtuse angles, right. all of that stuff. Pyramid. So there'd be 90 kids in a theater auditorium. Chris is in the back, okay? And he says to his buddies in the back row, who were all characters, uh, watch this. And they're all chuckling, mm -hmm. like, what's he going to do? So he crawls like an army guy down the aisle, which is sloped all the way down. Colonel McGivern's uh, lecturing from the overhead projector, right? Not paying attention on what's going on around him. Exactly. Okay. Oh, Farley sneaks up like a little sneak, goes behind the curtain. And Colonel McGivern always had ended his lectures. At the end of the lecture, he'd say, okay, kids, I'm going to give you the groaner of the day. And his groaner was always like a quirky thing he would say, and the kids would always go, oh, groan, right? right. And it, it was just... That's the groaner of the day. Yeah. Friendly back and forth banter. So Farley is waiting backstage for the groaner of the day. Here's what happens. He says, okay, kids, I'm going to give you the groaner of the day. And he says whatever thing he said as the groaner. And the kids all go, yeah. And then was like, burst out, hysterical laughing. Farley timed it perfectly, parted the curtains, had already dropped trow. <laughs> and hung a moon to the whole geometry auditorium. You can imagine the eruption, right? So in the front row, a nice female sophomore girl was so offended by it that she reported it to the dean of students, Joel Maturi, who was the head football coach, later became the athletic director at University of Minnesota, Great man. He calls me up and he says, Nick, we got a problem with Farley. He, uh, I don't even know how you say this. Uh, I think the kids call it hang a moon or something. And I am busting a gut. Not surprised, but the way Joel described it, I said, yeah, that's what the kids call it, Joel. <laughs> We got to get his parents in here. So I called both mom and dad. And Mrs. Farley, who is very funny, funnier than all of those kids were, she goes, oh, hi, Mr. Burroughs. Now what did my son do? And I said, Mrs. Farley, you got to come in. Um, Christopher apparently <laughs> pulled down his pants <laughs> and hung a moon to the whole geometry class, and I am busting a gut in the And she goes, nah, he did that. I'll 
get his dad in here. We'll be in there in your office. Mm. So they come in, and Mr. Farley was a huge man. I mean, like 350 or bigger. Really? And took up the whole chair and stuff. And it was half funny from the mom. The dad was very serious about the offensive nature of this. Right. Um, and then I had to talk to him, brief him about Mr. Maturi's going to come down here and there will be disciplinary action against Christopher and Chris. Um, anything you want to say about it? Mr. B, I just did it. I was waiting for the groaner. It was perfect timing. <laughs> and I am busting a gut. I can't even stop laughing. It's so funny. Dean of Students comes in, very serious, sits down. He's got his yellow pad, and he goes, uh, well, Mr. Mr. Farley, thank you, Mr. Maturi, as you know. Um, apparently, Christopher, we have a report that he, uh, uh, how do you say it, hung a moon. <laughs> Chris just bust out laughing because of how he said it. Right. <laughs> exactly. I am laughing. Okay, wait, hold on. Now, how old are you at this time, and how oh, old is the dean of students? I, I my second year as a counselor. So, like, in your 32. 30s? In my 30s. Right. Okay, and the dean of students is how old? He would be, he's like, he'd be like early 40s. Obviously did not go to Loris College and did not know Spanky or DJ. <laughs> right, right, he was Notre Dame grad, as a matter of fact. Didn't they act like that at Notre Dame? Uh, apparently not. <laughs> but we're all laughing, Mrs., me, Chris, so hard that I am just like done. I'm out of control. You're no help. <laughs> no. And Mr. Maturi, Coach Maturi, who's very serious, he started going like this. Shoulders up in the air. Like this. Holding his breath. And he goes, <laughs> he throws his notes down on the ground. He says, oh, God. I guess we'll just do a three-day out-of-school suspension. Chris, you just can't be doing this. <laughs> And it ended very shortly, but it was one of the most funny things I'd ever gone through. And it was clever, not offensive really, but you know, that one girl was bothered Only by that. Only takes the, one. Yeah. Only takes. Did he ever have any other problems with suspensions? I mean, since he's out of line so much and it's a private, my experience with Catholic not schools so, was if you looked at the nuns. Really, not so much. It was the frog thing which yeah. wasn't a big deal, and that. And then uh, when he would come back to Madison, he would come into school incognito, shades, hat, okay. by himself. He'd come down to my office, and he'd knock, open the door, and I'd go, Farrells, you're back. His nickname in high school was Farrells. Yeah. And, uh, and he'd sit down, give me that a big sense. hug. Hey, good seeing you. I just had a touch base with you and all that kind of stuff. So we had a good relationship. And then I didn't see him for a long time because he didn't come back to Madison for whatever. Right. But he came to a U2 concert at Camp Randall Stadium. So it was me and my wife and a bunch of our friends. It was when U2 was hot. Mm -hmm. yep. And I... I don't know much about him. So I went along and it was a really good concert. Oh, yeah. But here pulls up in front of the stadium, great big old stretch limo. 
And I'm going, oh, wonder who that is. Just out of curiosity, right? And here I see all those class of 82 people from Edgewood. All of his high school buddies are filing out. And they are all <laughs> drinking beer. Right? And I see Farley coming out last. Shades, incognito. I goes, Farles, Farles, from a distance. And he starts going like this. <laughs> because very few people knew him by right, that. Right. And I keep going, Farles. And he looks and he sees me, Mr. <laughs> comes over, gives me a big old bear hug, and then swoosh off into the crowd with his entourage. But that was the last time Didn't, I saw him. Was it? Actually, yeah. Wow. And I was invited to the funeral. There were, you know, not many people invited. It was at Queen of Peace. Okay. Uh, you had to have a pass. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like a pass well, to come to the funeral. Oh, sure oh yeah. Crash it, right. You know, and and uh, press, movie stars. Press, national but it was, the funeral was like December 23rd. Yeah. And I hadn't seen my own family back in Sioux City for the longest time. So I actually opted not to go to it. Kind of too much fanfare. Mm -hmm. And they I, had the funeral, did the burial and stuff in Madison. I mean, if you ever wanted to, you'd go visit him. Right. Visit the graves. Right. You know. But I've since talked to his mother and his brothers. His two brothers are funnier than Chris, I think. They're stand-up comedians in Los Angeles. Really? Yeah, Johnny yeah. and Kevin. And you'll see Kevin on a... Familiar commercial, yeah. oh, Geico commercial, and, Kevin you know, but they're funny guys. But Is Chris it, was zany funny. And right. like you said, physical. Physicality. Physicality, yeah. yeah. But as I see his mom at church, at the chapel yeah. at Edgewood. Oh, she's wow. a good lady. She's she's now, now she's in her late 80s. Is the dad gone? Dad is, has passed away. Okay. Massive heart attack, and uh, they have a developmentally disabled younger sister lives with the mom. Okay. Well, that uh, can be easy. Good. I mean, good, loving family, but, oh, my God. Incredible. Probably the biggest name that came out of Edgewood in your time. Oh, yeah. You know, as far as fame and stuff. Well, I think it's really interesting that he went to Edgewood to see you. His, <laughs> his only stop. His only stop. Well, we, we had this relationship that, number one, I probably laughed as hard as anybody <laughs> with him. And I always thought his stuff was clever. It was characterish, But it wasn't mean. He was always respectful to the nuns. He was never degrading other people. Not that I ever saw. Yeah. Um, but I I love the kid, you know. And Kevin and uh, Johnny, I had those kids too. And they were different. They weren't like Chris at all. They were still funny. Right. And they made a, a name for themselves in L.A. as stand-up comics. Tom, the one you just brought up, yeah. he's the yeah. oldest boy. He is the, what do you call it, heir to the money. Okay. 
and the, the where legal. all the funds go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and uh, executor. executor. Yeah. Sober spelled backwards is what? Rebos? Sober. I never thought about Rebos. sober. What's that backwards. mean? Sober. Yeah. Chris got sober right at the end. Um, or it shouldn't say he got sober. He attempted to yeah. many times. Spade, all those actors tried to get him involved right. in getting sober and get clean. So they, the family started an organization called Rebos, Rebos oh, okay. which is sober spelled backwards, and it's for drug addiction yeah. help right. for people. Is that in Madison, or is it, that a national deal? Or? It's in Madison base, but I think it's nationwide. Okay. But he died in... Uh, Kevin's... A, apartment in Chicago. He was there for... It wasn't his apartment? I don't believe so. Because the stories that came out always made it sound like he lived in there. I mean... Yeah, maybe it was in his own apartment. But it was all night partying kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And... You I know, mean, the stuff he was doing, as big as he was, he probably had, you know, his heart was probably... Right. Bigger, you know, and, and it they had to be hard. They found him, and then... Yeah. I didn't honestly hear about the death until I started getting bombarded with calls from CNN radio stations. Really? Because, you know, they want to do a story right away mm-hmm. on his life. And who is this counselor? Does this counselor know anything about this when he was in high school? Weren't you on TV briefly? I was. I mean, they did something on it. You said, I remember on email, you said six hours of taping for like a less than a five minute right, spot. Right. God. And it was crazy. Uh, it was me walking into the school with the briefcase. Uh, Nick Burrows of Edgewood High School goes to work every day and his routine is meeting with students, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, short clips on Chris Farley, what I thought about him and his family. And that was kind of it. That's but they cool. filmed and filmed and filmed it. I was amazed by that. Yeah. You know, just to make a... It's a whole process. Five minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's hours for... It's amazing. Yeah. That's a big story. Huge story. And, and the book interview took hours and hours and hours Maybe and hours. Maybe that's what you told me about. It was one of, one of the other. Yeah, it was part of both. You had to sit for a long both. time. Yeah. <clears throat> but there... A lot of those um, media, radio, TV... I don't want to say vulture-like, but that's what it felt like when it happened so fast, and it was right around Christmas, so it seemed like they wanted to make a big story around Christmas. Right. They came to my house, Wally, very much like the raised ranch you have here. Yes. And they tore our whole living room apart and made it look like a library, put in books in the bookshelf, and they put in a makeshift desk. And they brought all this in? They brought it all in to make sure that the film looked like it was filmed from my office. And my kids, who are now 20, mid-20s, they were little guys. And they're running out there, Daddy, why are all these people in here? They had... TV cords in there, 
We had a Christmas tree up. They took that down. Yes. And it was like... Why oh, didn't they just take you to a library? I'm not sure. Or your office at Edgewood. They had to make sure... They were on a time frame. Yeah. So they had to make sure we could do this. And, and what network was that? Yeah, what network? Yes. Or was it just independent people? No, no, because this was on TV. It yeah. was uh, like a news magazine show or Probably. something. We could Google it. We could find out. Oh, this one lady on a TV show. That's a different one. They filmed me in our kitchen. And uh, she got... I told him, I says, I will do this interview, but if you think I'm going to fabricate a story or make it juicier for news about him, I'm not gonna do that. So please do not ask me questions right. that try to lead me down that path. No loaded questions. Would you do that for me? And they says, oh yeah, Nick, no problem, right? And so she asked me something basic off the bat, fine. Right. And then she looked at me and said, Mr. Burroughs, surely, there you red flag. You should have said, don't <laughs> call me Shirley. As his guidance Nick. counselor behind closed doors, he must have shared some drug addiction discussion oh, with God. you. Was it cocaine? Was it marijuana? Was it some of the other things he was involved in? And I said, cut, that's it. Took off the mic and I went like that and I says, I thought you said you weren't going to do this. Oh, oh, I, I'm so sorry. I kind of got carried away about the story. Oh, shit. A phony apology. <laughs> you know? It's all right, Simon. Yes. It really it. was. <laughs> and it disappointed me because I took their word on it. Yeah. And then I just cut it real short because I said, you know what? You, you gave me your word on this, and I know the family. I would never do that. To his family, like try to defame him or you know, fabricate a story that really wasn't true. So did they put your house back together after this? They was did a, not. You had to do it yourself. They, they didn't move the Christmas well, tree back. They didn't move the Christmas tree. They took out all the books and took them with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They took yeah. all their I stuff. I just wondered their your stuff. stuff. But left no. you the mess. Nice. <laughs> I remember how thick those TV cords were, you know. And Six my, inches in diameter? Yeah, my kids are watching them pull it back into their truck. They're going like a big snake leaving the living room. And they didn't understand it all, of course. No, no. But, boy, it was an interesting... Yeah, I forget. That was like on a, a show like a 2020 or something yeah, like that. It was a news magazine. There were a couple of them that show, went on. But it was a long... I mean, what year did he die now? Mm. I don't even remember. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has been. Was it late 80s or early 90s? I think so. But the irony of him and uh, John Bellucci. Yes. Very similar. Age 33. Time of death. Age. Yeah. And um, funny in the movies. Bellucci and Animal House. You know, Farley doing... Uh, Same kind of humor. I mean, similar. 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 Well, you know, in the book, it talks a lot about how much uh, Belushi was his idol. Right. Was Chris's idol. So, 
I didn't really watch Chris Farley movies actually until he had passed. Mm -hmm. Because I, it was like I was so bombarded with all of it. Right. And then I actually sat back and I kind of appreciated it. Yeah. And some of the Saturday Night Live stuff, after he passed, I would roar at it. Oh, yeah. So did you ever have flashbacks? On, oh, yeah. This kind of reminds me of the frog thing. Very or similar. the dropping trowel on stage. Those stories are on the in the book. But I remember telling the guy who was writing the book, he had it on tape, he was taking notes. He, he was laughing very hard also. And I'm thinking, how is he gonna put these stories in the book? <laughs> I mean, because they're, they're just kind of quirky all. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's all interesting. Yeah. Well, FYI, with that, I think sure. we are Probably Fort at the Bluff. time Thanks. for departure. I know, Nick, you have an appointment up in Pine Bluff. Greg, you've got to go back to Cedar Rapids, Heading Iowa. Back. Yep. Heading back across the border. Pastor, thank you very much for all your words of wisdom. The second round of the college. Yeah, well, I'm, Morris I'm college glad I graduates could uh, comfort 75. you there. I'm uh, going to have to subscribe to this podcast so I can you hear should, you talk. You should do that, future. Greg. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And have all your friends and family. And, and all of your friends, yes. Yeah. Well, you need to talk about it on email. Yes, I will. You do. Get it out to that group and then see where it goes. Well, I'll, uh, I'll send Bill the the link that gets you to the the page. We we have a page where the podcast is hosted, and also the the page for the uh, Facebook for those yes. that have Facebook. Right, Craig? Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> and then Bill can send those links on to, to awesome. you guys, and you can then provide those links to your alumni. Uh, folks and see if we can nice and when will you guys be recording the next episodes or you does that just plan it by ear we kind of play it by ear we yeah. have uh two episodes now right in the wings so uh two whenever, books. whenever you want to yep. come up it could be the pastor the guy next door and his buddy craig and nick yeah. Well, it'll be the pastor, the guy next door, and that guy, if you come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy. So or, how often do you two <laughs> do it? Whenever we need to. We've done it at coffee shops. We've done it in the basement, in the study. Not the man cave, the study. Right. Uh, we haven't... We should Our, go out our release schedule is once a week. I oh, wow. Don't, I is don't it? know if we've missed one. Maybe we've missed one, but once a week. So we, we generally release... Uh, it's available early Monday morning. And, and what time of day, or is it all times? Well, right. our recording just whenever it works for the for the two of us. Uh, but it's always released uh, for Monday morning. And you can hear any episode you'd like to. Yeah, you can. You or can you go can back to all forty-eight. Yes, yeah. end to end. In fact, I believe that Craig is heading home to do just exactly that because he feels so bad <laughs> about not having listened to any yeah, of this. Really. <laughs> and with that, folks, we are out. Thank out. you. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I hope that you enjoyed hanging out with us.